that refused discouragement, that overcame every resistance, and in the end, received a miracle for her and for her daughter. You know, friends, sometimes, I'm talking to believers now, you know, sometimes nurturing isn't enough. If you were with someone right now, just turn to them and say, nurturing isn't always enough. Because nurturing isn't always enough. You know, sometimes a mother or a father needs to know how to fight for the promises of God. Sometimes it's more than just doing the natural thing, but there's a spiritual dynamic. There's a spiritual aspect to seeing the breakthrough and seeing the answer come. Listen, I'm sure this woman tried every other remedy. If it was a young girl, I'm sure she had her on her lap and she was caressing her hair. And I believe she tried all the natural wisdom that she had done before, that the neighbors had tried this and the heathen doctors tried that. She tried what had worked before, but this was something that she could not solve. This was a great problem that she was helpless in herself to do anything about. You know, sometimes things are beyond us. Sometimes things are too much for us. What's a person to do? What's a person to do? Well, this precious mother shows us what to do. It's beautiful. She refuses to give up on her child and she refuses to give up on God. What a beautiful thought. What can we do when nurturing isn't enough? Well, very simply, we go to Jesus again and again. We come boldly to that throne of grace expecting a living God who loves us and cares for us, who is able to deliver us to answer our prayer. We refuse to give up on our loved one and we refuse to let go of the hand of our God, but we'll trust and we believe and we'll pursue until that answer comes because sometimes nurturing isn't enough and we need to press in into that spiritual dynamic of warfare and faith to see the answer comes. This woman had a great courage produced by a great love. Oh, the power of love. Think about it. The power of love. When love sees a desperate need, love knows it has to act. Love is an action word. It reminds me of the story of a young man that came to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I found the one. I have found the one. I know she's the one. Pastor says, son, tell me, why are you so sure she's the one that you're in love with? And he says, well, listen, Pastor, whenever this girl enters the room, I, I get short of breath, feel a little tingly. Man, it's hard to breathe sometimes. Pastor looked and said, son, son, what you're describing is not love. That sounds like the beginning of asthma. You see, because love is not a feeling. Love is not a talking Love is a walking, and love is an action, and love is a living, and love is a determination and a decision to live a certain way and to act a certain way, like God's love for us. Think about it. God didn't just say, I loved you. God sent His Son to die for us because He loved us. Like God's love for us, He sent His only Son. When you and I were the ones in that desperate place, when you and I were the ones that had been guilty of horrible sin, He didn't just say, I love you, try to reach me. Instead, His love was demonstrated by what He did. He came to us and He went to a cruel, rugged cross to die for us. He shed His blood that today we might be certain of heaven and we might be certain of forgiveness. Not because He just spoke it, not because because he just felt it, but because of what he did and how his love was demonstrated on that cross of Calvary. Friends, love is not just a matter of talk. It's action. It's an act of the will. It's a devotion. It's a commitment. And wonderful Jesus, 
We think of the barriers He overcame. And we think of the opposition He faced and the suffering He endured. Why? Because He loved you and He loved me. If you're listening today and you're not saved, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much He died for you. But you've got to respond to that love. Don't just wink at it. Don't just shrug at it. Don't just say, I know that. In the same way His love responded with action towards you. If you love God, you must respond. With an action towards God. You must respond by giving Him your life and surrendering your all to Him. Oh, the power of love. The great love of God. The great love of God. And the great love of this mother. Oh, a mother's love, a mother's love. It was love that made her approach this stranger. Love that enabled her to accept His silence. Love that enabled her to endure what seemed like rejection. But her love would not stop. And her love would not let go. Oh, friends. When facing a great problem, let's ask God to give us a great courage. When facing a great problem, let's ask God to give us a great courage. Not to take the cheap way out. Not to deny it. Not to run from it, but in the strength and power of our God to face it and overcome it. Let's ask God to give us a great courage to face our fears, to cross the barriers, to um, overcome the resistance, to leave behind what we need to leave behind and go it alone if that's what it takes, to make the change that we know is right, to refuse to quit and ever turn back. This mother had a great problem. This mother responded with a great courage, but now she faces a great trial. Look at verse 23 and 24. After she did all that, the Bible says Jesus did not answer her a word. Wow. And then the disciples came and said, Lord, Lord, send her away. She's bothering us. She's really beginning to pester us. And then Jesus finally speaks up and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. From a great problem to a great courage and love to a great trial. Remember, our best, our best, most noble, well-meaning attempts We'll face opposition and resistance. I'll never forget that. There'll be setbacks in our attempt to go forward in the Lord. Just making up our minds to change. To do the right thing. To receive from God. That alone will not erase all obstacles and all hardness and all hindrances. Now remember this. If, if you're newly saved, remember this. If you're trying to make a fresh start, because the devil uses this to discourage people and get them to quit, they, they start, but when things don't automatically flow and fall in place, they get discouraged. No, no, no. Maybe the husband is going to take him a while to, to buy into this thing. Maybe it'll take a while before that friend or those children respond the way you want them to respond. Listen, here's the story. Jesus is silent after all she did just to get there. And she gets there and Jesus is silent. And the disciples want to get rid of her. Oh, friends, is there anything worse than the awful silence of heaven or the terrible discouragement of men? You know, sometimes steps of obedience in faith, they don't see immediate results. They don't see rewards the next day. Sometimes the devil says, this isn't for you. Not so fast. What's the use? Who do you think you are? It's too late now. It's not worth it now. I want you to know and never forget that devil is a liar. He'll lie to you. He'll lie to you with signs following. I'm telling you, he's a liar. But Jesus, 
His word is clear. And Jesus, His promises are true. God's promises are true. And God's promises are for you. And God's promises are for today. And if God said it, He'll do it. If God spoke it, He will bring it to pass. The key is you must continue even though things don't automatically fall into place. Even though you do the right thing and it seems like there's a backlash against it. If you know you're doing the right thing, if you know you're walking according to the Word of God, in the will of God, then recognize troubles will come. Resistance will try to hinder you even when you try to do the right thing. But you must be determined like this precious mother that you're going to continue to come. You're going to continue to believe. You're going to continue to walk with the Lord regardless. And if you do, you will see the hand of His amazing grace work in your life and work in that situation. You will see the amazing grace of God lift you up on wings like it as eagles and you'll fly in the strength of God even when people are laughing even when people are scoffing even when those close to you are negative and they're saying what's the use but you know deep down you're pursuing God's best you're going forward in the will of God it won't always be easy but if you don't let go of Jesus he will not let go of you and if you win the war of the weight you'll see the glory and the victory and the breakthrough of God can you say amen Hallelujah! You see, what we notice in this story, Jesus wasn't really trying to destroy her faith. Actually, He's trying to develop her faith. As we look a little deeper in our context, every reply shows that she was growing in faith. You see, God allows resistance not to defeat you, but to develop you. God allows these things Not to drive you away, but to reach down deeper within you and produce a greater faith and a greater commitment and a greater tenacity that won't let go until the answer comes. Every reply shows that this woman was actually growing in faith, unwilling to let Jesus go until she gets her answer. She would not be denied. And this is the same thing that God does in each and every one of our lives. When we begin to go forward and we really mean it, we're sincere. And then we get surprised that things just don't turn in place automatically. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm not allowing that thing to come into your life to discourage you or defeat you, but hopefully to develop you and to get you stronger and firmer in your faith. What a story. She responds to her great trial with a great attitude. Let's think about this. That's number four. And verse 25 is a powerful verse. It's short, but there's so much in it. Let's look at it together. She had an attitude of faith. Verse 25, verse 25. The woman came. Then she came. New King James says, then she came. After she gets rejected, after she gets pretty much rebuffed, after she gets a word that didn't make sense and would have offended most of us, then she came and bowed, knelt, worshipped before the Lord and cried out, Lord, help me! Exclamation point. She had a great attitude. She started out with a great problem. She had a daughter that was suffering terribly of demon possession. She had nothing she could do for her daughter. The medical people couldn't help her. The God she grew up with couldn't help her. Everything that she had done before that had soothed the pain couldn't soothe it. She was in a desperate place. But this woman had a great love. 
And great love doesn't just sit by and do nothing. Love is an action word. And so she went and with a great courage. She came out of a culture that wasn't Jewish. She came out of a religion that, that, that wasn't Jewish. But yet she came and she faced the Lord and she pressed through. She had a courage to seek the Lord and find the one that had the answer. His name is Jesus. Then she gets there, and just when you get a hold of him, you think things are going to be easy, but instead there's a backlash. There's a trial. Um, the disciples want to give Jesus doesn't answer her. When he answers her, it's a negative. But this woman had a great attitude. Oh, what a thought. Her attitude changed the atmosphere. Those that overcome great problems learn that what's most important is not the circumstances around them, but the attitude within them. We like to say around here, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. You know, one just registers the surroundings. If everyone's negative, they're negative. If everyone's positive, they'll do cartwheels. But no, 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 that's not how people with an attitude of faith live. We bring the positive part of faith with us wherever we go. We change the atmosphere. We change the climate. We change the temperature by bringing the presence of God with us and the faith we have in God. This woman had a great attitude. Think about it. I mean, it inspires me. In fact, it convicts me. Rejected, yet she's not grumbling. She would give him the silent treatment, but she's not complaining. The, 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 deacon, the de- um, disciples, I get them confused sometimes. The disciples, they, 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 they were trying to push her away, but she's not criticizing them. She's not getting on her Facebook. Bah, 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 bah. How terrible they are. No, no, this woman, she's, wow. Instead, she worships, my goodness. Instead, she perseveres with a humble heart and she prays and cries out to God. You see, friend, this is an attitude of faith. Faith knows how to respond to disappointment. Faith knows how to change the atmosphere. Faith knows how to turn things around. And whether we are um, responding to an attack or whether we just have to encourage ourselves in the Lord sometimes, faith knows how to respond. And we can all learn from her attitude, this attitude of faith. Think about it. Jesus gives her the silent treatment. The disciples try to show her the door. And then finally, Jesus speaks. He speaks. And when He speaks, He pretty much says, My ministry is not for you, lady. It was one of those, Mama said, there'd be days like this days. Can you say amen? Have you ever been there? Someone says, Preacher, I'm there right now. Well, you tuned into the right program because we said faith knows how to turn things around and faith knows how to bring a change into a hurting situation. You might be saying, Lord, I'm there, I'm there. Heaven's been silent. It's like Jesus don't want to talk to me anymore. Well, I've got good news for you. We've got an example of a woman that went through it in even a harder measure. She wasn't even a child of God. You're a child of God. She wasn't even under a covenant. You've got a covenant with great and precious promises. So heaven might seem silent. Jesus might seem like He's inactive. But let's respond with an attitude of faith. Let's not get grumbly. Let's not give in discouragement or desperation. But let's draw near and bless Him. Let's draw near and praise Him. Let's draw near and pour out our hearts to Him. Don't allow all these other outside 
right things to corrupt our faith and knock us off course. Instead, we're going to be just like this little woman. Look again, verse 25. There's so many lessons here. The Bible says, then she came. you got to keep coming. Someone, keep coming. You've been coming. Don't drift back from where you come. You've been coming. Keep coming to Jesus. Keep calling on the name of the Lord. You've been hanging on the outskirts. You've been hearing a little bit, but it's going to cost you something to take that next step. Friend, it's worth it. It's worth it. Leave that old life behind once and for all and come to Jesus. Give Him your all. You'll never be sad that you did. Oh, somebody, it's time to come. It's time. Then she came. She didn't pout. She didn't give up. She didn't just quit and refuse. She came. She came. She came to Jesus. She didn't come to Peter. She didn't come to Paul. She didn't come to James. No, 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 no. Stop trusting in man and stop running to every know-it-all. It's time to come to Jesus. It's time to hear ye the Word of the Lord. It's time to believe God's promises are yes and amen. And His counsel is all wise and is good for you. She came. She didn't stand afar like she did in the beginning. She didn't just stand on the outskirts just calling and just hoping like she did. She came, she came, she came. She came near and she fell at His feet. Hallelujah. Somebody, it's time to come. You've been drifting too long. It's time to come and get serious with God. Somebody, it's time to come. The Spirit of the Lord is calling you. Come unto me all. You that are weary, you're burdened, you're broken, and I'll give you rest. It's time to come, some that you're not where you need to be with God. And you know you're not where you need to be. And you want to come, but there's some things that have to be laid down. There's some things that need to be dealt with. In the name of the Lord, lay them down. In the name of the Lord, deal with them properly. But hear the Word of the Lord. Respond to the call of the Spirit right now. Come to Jesus. Pour out your heart to the Lord. He'll forgive what needs to be forgiven. He'll begin to restore what's been damaged and wounded. He is a God of a second chance. He is a God of a new beginning. But you've got to come. You've got to leave the old and draw near to the One that loves you and died for you. And do it now in Jesus' name. God calls us in the hour of our need. Come, draw near. Come close to Me. Pour out your heart to Me. Friend, this is the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith will not allow heaven's silence or men's discouragements or even life's mysteries to drive them away from the Lord. Verse 25, she came. And when she came, she worshipped. The NIV says she knelt. The New American Standard says she bowed low. New King James, she worshipped. This is a word that speaks of prostrating oneself in reverence. She worshipped. You know, once faith gets to the Lord, faith knows how to act. One writer said, we need a faith that can survive the frost. Sometimes life, but faith survives it. Let's picture this scene. Let's be inspired by this lesson. Hallelujah. She didn't stop and try to work out the difficult question of verse 24. What do you mean, Lord? The sheep. I'm not, I'm not one of your sheep, etc., etc. Instead, she comes. She prostrates herself. It's time to surrender. Not time to argue with the Lord. It's time to surrender to the Lord. And then she worships. Even when I can't understand Him, I can worship Him. 
Even when I can't figure out what he's doing, I can bless his holy name. When I don't get the answer that I wanted, when his will and his ways are a mystery to me, then I can still worship the one that is altogether worthy and lovely forever and forever. Number one, she came. She came. Listen, and you might have to leave some things and people behind to come, but in the name of the Lord, come and draw near to the Lord. Come and bow at His feet and pour out your heart. She came and then she worshipped. An attitude of humility. An attitude of adoration. She came and she gave it all to the Lord. The key to breakthrough, submitting and surrendering to the One that is willing and able to lift you up and to mend your brokenness and to make you whole. She persevered through all discouragement. Then she humbled herself and she prayed. And she prayed. She prayed, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I'll be exclamation point. Lord, help me. New American Standard. Exclamation. New King James, Lord, help me! Exclamation point. She's pouring out her heart. It was an outpouring of a soul that would not, could not be denied, would not let go, would not take no for an answer. And friend, you can pray this prayer. It's not a complicated prayer. It's not a deep prayer, but it's just if it's a sincere prayer. Lord, help me! Have you had enough? Are you ready to say, Lord, help me? Do you really want to start over and get serious with God? Then come and cry out, Lord, help me. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And finally, excuses are going to be laid aside and you want the breakthrough and you want to return to where God has your His best for you. Then it's time to come and say, Lord, help me. And He'll hear you. And He'll answer you. And He'll work in the life of a man or woman that is yielded and broken and sincerely calling out to Him. Oh, there's power in such prayer. There's power in real prayer. I'm not talking a little dabble, do you, prayer. That nonsense got to go away of, um, oh, Lord, oh, God, be kind. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. St. Augustine, St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, he wrote in one of his biographies, about the important role his mother's prayers had with him coming to become a Christian. The important role mama's prayers had with him coming to salvation. He says he was wayward for a lot of years, running, doing his own thing. And he says, my mother asked one of the bishops if he would kindly have some uh, talk with me, try to straighten me out, try to show me the errors of my way and my thinking if I was studying other things and I was leaning to other philosophies and I was living, you know, fleshly. And uh, mom asked the bishop, would you please talk with my son? Maybe you can get through to him. I can't get through to him. But the woman, ref- uh, the bishop refused. He said, no, he's not ready to hear from me yet. He's too out there. He won't listen now. But the bishop said, you just leave him alone. And you just pray for him. And he'll discover by, him, by his own the error of his ways. Well... St. Augustine said, my mother wouldn't be satisfied with that answer. Instead, she just hounded him. She urged him more and more. She just, with tears, with repeated cries, she just came after him to please just see my son. Please spend some time. Maybe you can get through to him, Bishop. And finally, the bishop lost his patience with my mother and said, woman, go your way. Because as sure as you live, it's impossible for the son of those tears to ever perish. 
You know what that bishop was saying? He said, woman, the devil doesn't stand a chance with a praying mother like you. And I believe right now there are many, many mothers just like that. Women of faith, women of prayer, women that will not let go until their children come to truly know the Lord and serve the Lord. That won't let go till that husband comes and bows to see. That won't let go until they see the answer they so desperately need. So listen, mothers, don't give up. Don't give up. That child might be far away. That situation might seem hard. But don't give up because your prayers are powerful and they're effective. Your prayers can shake heaven and your prayers can change the things on earth. So mother, don't give up. But pray and believe the enemy might try to discourage you. Life might try to tempt you to give up. But make up your mind. You're going to lay hold of the horns of the altar. You're going to come into that throne that's called grace and you're going to call on the name of the Lord and you won't let Him go until you see the answer come. Oh, God wants to give someone a miracle today. I know that child. They knew the Lord. They were in ministry. But now they're wayward. They're doing crazy things. They've got excuses for it. But the devil is a liar. Your prayer can break that hold. Your prayer can break that deception that's over their mind and has got a hold of their psyche. You can set them free. Don't give up. Get deeper. Get deeper. Go deeper into that warfare prayer. Make up your mind each and every day. Just get alone and let heaven and hell know it. You're not going to let go until God blesses you. You won't let go until Jesus speaks the Word and deliverance comes to that wayward son. Until awakening comes to that lost daughter. Until healing comes to that afflicted child. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I urge you, make up your mind. You're going to be a mother that prays and believes and will not let go until the answer comes. Somebody say Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory be to God. Go ahead and shout in your home. That was worth a shout. Wake the guy up next to you. He fell asleep for the second time. Get him up. Get him up. Get him up. That's why we got to get you back to God's house. Here we'll wake you up. Come on. It's time to get excited, church. This virus thing has gone long enough. A trick of the devil. Half the place, I think, is backsliding. Don't fool me. They haven't been in church. You know you're fooling around. But God's calling a people of revival. God's calling a people of great awakening. It's time. It's time. What the devil meant for evil, God wants to turn for good. It's time to get back and gather in His name and join our voices as one heavenly choir to exalt Him and to worship Him and to praise Him and then seek Him until, 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 oh glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah! What happens next? She had a great thought. Jesus said, listen. Look at the words of Jesus. Let me read. I don't want to misquote Jesus. Here Jesus says, listen, it's not right. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Can you imagine that? Jesus called me a dog. Jimmy, I'm going on my Facebook. I'm going to tell him how terrible he called me a dog. Woo! I'm going to have my own YouTube channel. He called me a dog. Oh, Lord. Oh, we are a mess, aren't we? God, Lord, help us. God, revive this culture. She had a great thought, though. She had a great thought. She had a great thought. She had a great thought. See, the reply of faith. Great faith is a faith that takes God at His Word and won't let go until God meets the need. I want you to think about this. Especially if you're a new believer. Especially if you're just starting out 
being restored, getting back to where you need to be with God. It's very important that you never ever argue with the Word of God. See, Jesus said something. She didn't argue with it. So the Word of God is going to tell us how to live and what God expects. Don't you dare argue with it. You see, there's been a, a terrible thing happening in the land today where there's some kind of pseudo-Christianity, false Christianity, that tries to call themselves a Christian, yet deny and ignore the clear teachings of this book. You cannot separate Christianity from the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. You cannot separate and call oneself a Christian, yet not abide and walk according to the Word of God. I'm not talking about rules of men. I'm not talking about legalistic foolishness. I'm talking about the clear morality and commandments and principles of this book. You cannot separate the living Word from the written Word. But we see that today. But this woman of faith, she didn't argue with Jesus. Instead, instead, she says, Lord, I agree. You're right. I am just a little puppy. I'm not one of your chosen ones. I'm not under the cup. I am. Sometimes we have to say, I am guilty. I am doing what I know you're not pleased with. I am living in a way that I cannot go forward with you until I make certain changes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we got to do that. This woman did this. Lord, I agree with you. I agree with what you say. You see, you never get to where you need to be by arguing or debating with God and His Word. We have to accept His Word. Submit to God's Word. Come into obedience and agreement with God's Word. That's what holds many people back. They hear the call of the Spirit. Their hearts are touched and stirred by the Spirit. They know enough to recognize there's right and wrong, but they're not willing to agree. You're debating with God. You blame the natural church. You blame some inconsistency to deflect from the real issue. That there's a clear word from God. There's a clear standard of morality. There's a clear yes and a clear no. And you're arguing with instead of surrendering and submitting to the word that Jesus is speaking to you. A mother's miracle. When nurturing isn't enough. She had a great problem had a great courage to respond to it. Oh God, give us a courage. Let her leave what has to be left and face what has to be faced. She had a great trial, but just because we try doesn't mean the devil's going to give up easy. But he still tries to discourage us and knock us off course. But she had an attitude of faith. Man, she had so many excuses to complain and get bitter and critical. Instead, she draws near, keeps drawing near, won't let go. Listen, don't let the things men do hinder you from drawing near to Jesus. She had a great attitude. Then she had a great thought. Instead of saying, she said, look, what a thought. She says, Lord, that's true, that's true, Lord. I, I am a dog. I'm, I'm a little puppy. I'm not one of your kids. But even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Wow. She goes, I'm a dog. You know what? Listen, when I got saved, I was a sinner. I, I am a sinner. And if you're not living right, just call it what it is. But then come to Jesus. So he can forgive you and he can give you a new name and he can give you a new declaration. Hallelujah. She had a great thought. That's the word of the Lord. Let's accept the word. Don't argue with the word. Don't resist the word. Embrace the word. Now, verse 28. Now, not only she had a great, great promise. She gets a great promise. With her great thought, 
the Lord gave her a great promise. And Jesus says, woman, look at verse 28. Woman, you've got great faith. Your request is granted. And from that moment, that hour, her daughter's healed. Jesus commends her. You've got great faith. Great faith. Great faith that doesn't give up. Great faith that continues on. Great faith that worships when you'd rather complain. Great faith that says, Lord, I agree with your word. If you said it, Lord, it is. I submit to it. And this great faith had a great promise. Jesus says, as you desire, as you've requested, you've got it. It's yours. Until finally, she gets a great victory. She gets a great victory. Verse 28, from a distance, her daughter's healed. From a distance, her daughter's healed. You know, your faith can touch someone that's far away. Your faith can touch someone that's far from you, someone that's far from God. We can pray right now. We can agree in prayer today, right now. And God can touch people that are far away from us, far away from God. This mother received a miracle. And I believe the Lord Jesus. He wants to give many, many more mothers this morning a miracle, an answer, a breakthrough in their lives. We're going to come and pray in just a moment. And as we pray, number one, the most important thing, are you right with God? As we begin to pray, if you're not right with God, if you've been afar off and you need to draw near, then wherever you're at, just say, Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I'm not going to make excuses anymore. If your word is clear about it, I'm going to live that way. And for now on, Jesus, I'm drawing near in a place of surrender and worship. I'm going to serve you. Please forgive me. And He'll forgive you. It's not hard. If you're sincere, it's a simple thing. He'll forgive you, and He's expecting you to start walking the way He wants you to walk, and He'll help you as you look to Him. But then we want to pray, and first of all, we want to pray for someone else. This was a proxy night service. This mother came and used her faith to bring deliverance to her daughter that was far away. And maybe you know someone that needs deliverance. Maybe you know someone that's far away from God and needs to be awakened. As we pray right now, God can touch them if they're on the other side of the world. Let's believe together. Then after we pray for others, we can pray for ourselves by simply giving our need to the Lord and saying, Lord, help me. Lord, I've exhausted it. I don't know what to do about it, but we know you're fully able. Lord, help me. And God will help you and God will work in your life. I'm going to begin to pray. Let's pray, please. If things aren't right between you and God, don't shrug this off. Come right now. Make it right. If you've got to break off that relationship, break it off. If you've got to make a fresh commitment that might be costly for a while, it will be worth it in the end. But come to Jesus and let Him love you and let Him cleanse you and let Him give you a new beginning. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those right now that Maybe they are not right with God. They're far off. They're far off. They're hearing and they're listening, but they haven't yet come to that place of full surrender. They haven't really responded to what you're speaking and tugging on their heart. I pray today, Lord, you give them grace to respond. Give them grace to come that they might receive that cleansing, that washing, that new beginning. Lord, give them the courage they need to deal with the things that might be holding them back, to deal with the things that are keeping them outside. Lord, I pray right now for every person listening who's not right with you. Lord, give them grace to come. Give them grace just to, to come clean so that you can wash them and cleanse them and give them a new beginning in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, we pray this prayer for others. We pray for others, Lord. 
There's people that we know. We, we've got spouses. We've got children. We've got friends. We've got cousins, etc. Neighbors, Lord, that, that aren't where they need to be. Some need a spiritual touch. and Some need a physical touch. Some just need deliverance. They're being oppressed. They're being harassed by the enemy and they need to be set free. So, Father, we're going to come and pray for our friends right now. Father, we come into agreement with our friends. And Lord, we pray right now for those that need a spiritual touch, those that are far from you. Oh, God, awaken them. Oh, God, set them free. Oh, God, remove from their life every negative influence and begin to deal with them in such a way where they'll receive the gift of repentance and they will turn and they will come back and they will call on your name right now. Father, we pray for those that are out there and they need a physical touch. We've got friends. We've got family. They need a physical touch. Father, in Jesus' name, let your healing anointing flow right now. Let that thing change. Let that thing disappear. Let the healing power of God begin to work. A complete work in their lives. Father, for those that are battling in their emotions. Maybe they're battling in their minds, feeling oppressed, feeling that they're hurting, Lord. There's something wrong. Father, set them free. Father, we lift them up in the name of Jesus. Break that heaviness. Break that discouragement. Break that depression. In the name of the Lord, let it break completely. And let peace come. Let clear thinking come. Let the joy of the Lord be restored. Hallelujah. And now, Father, we pray for our own needs. Lord, we lift our needs before You. They might be physical, financial. There might be something in the family. We might need wisdom. Father, we lift up our needs before You and we pray, Father, help me. Jesus, help me. Lord, help me. We've tried and on our own we can't do it. We don't have the answer. We don't have the ability. But we believe You're able and we believe You're willing. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, for Your glory, help me. And work Your powerful, perfect work in my life. And I'll give You glory. And I'll give You praise. Forever and forever. In Jesus' name. Oh, God's people said, Amen and Amen. Listen, if you still need to press in with God, then you keep pressing in with God. If you need to go to another room because God's speaking to you and dealing with you, then leave the rest. Leave those people there. Get along with God. Don't let anything hinder you. you got time to watch the ball game later. Get along with God if God's talking to you. If you're feeling the anointing right now to pray for that loved one, to pray for that wayward one, don't let that anointing lift. Go away somewhere. Get in another room and cry out. If you're feeling faith coming upon you right now, and you can sense the breakthrough is close, you can sense that cloud the size of a man's hand, as a sign that God's getting ready to do something. Don't turn away now. Don't change the conversation. Or get somewhere where you can pray through. They can play their silly games later. If God is working, the miracle is closer than you think. Today might be a day for a mother's miracle to come into your home, to come into your family. This might be the day that turns it around. This might be the answer you've been waiting for for these last 15 years. This might be it. If you're sensing the Spirit, respond. If you're feeling the anointing respond if that burden hasn't lifted respond and pray through until it lifts and you know God is moved God is answered the breakthrough has come in Jesus name hallelujah friends we love you I wish there was an altar right now Pastor Todd and I will have nothing more than to go back and forth and pray for another 30 minutes for people calling on the Lord and believing God together and that time's coming soon it's coming soon keep paying attention Within two or three weeks, we're going to be getting together again. 
eyeball to eyeball. It might be a little different at first. We've got to do social distancing at first. But it's the first step in getting back to normalcy. And we'll do it. We'll use wisdom. And we'll believe God to do what only God can do. So pay attention. Keep praying. We love you. Mothers, happy Mother's Day for all the mothers at Pleasant Grove. We love you. For all the ladies that are women here at Pleasant Grove, we thank you for your faith. We thank you for your, your, your kindness and your care. We've got some of the greatest women in the world that go to church right here at Pleasant Grove. And they're faithful. They're women of God. They're women of prayer. They're holy women. And we are thankful for you. You have a blessed day. And again, we'll see you on Wednesday. Tuesday's prayer. Don't forget to pray. See you on Wednesday. God bless you.